Not Another Mum Pod is now under the Muslim Mama's umbrella and subsequently we'll have 30 second sponsored ads in our pods. Thank you for supporting us. Nafisa, it's time for our podcast. Can you hurry up? Taz, I'm coming. Jude has the Hoover on. You can't stay with me. You have to go to bed now. Good night, Good night, Habibi. Good night, children. Let's play Lego. Sorry? Five minutes. Come on, let's go Stop playing. I'm Nafisa and I'm Tasneen. Grab a cup of tea or coffee and some snacks and join us for a chat after hours. Just two Muslim mums kicking back, having fun and talking about life, relationships, family, motherhood and more. Welcome to the madness that is our lives. Salams everyone and welcome to a much anticipated episode of Not Another Mum Pod. Today we're going to be talking about one of the most controversial and contentious topics in Islam, polygamy. Please be aware that this episode may be triggering. So Nafisa, how long has it been since we recorded together? Why has it taken us so long to drop an episode? I blame you, by the way. <laughs> Salams, everyone. <laughs> From the outset, I just want to apologise for going AWOL. Life has been super busy, crazy, but we have so many exciting episodes ahead that it will definitely be worth the wait. So um, just to let our listeners know some exciting news. You can blame me all you want, Taz. It's my fault. Not Another Mum Pod, or Nampod as we call it, is a officially under the Muslim Mama's umbrella. This means we can go even bigger and better, inshallah. So for those of you who don't know, Muslim Mamas is an online community founded by Nargis Jahan in 2011. And I became co-founder of it in 2018. And we're basically marrying our platforms together under the one Muslim Mamas umbrella, inshallah. Even more crazy news is that I got accepted onto the Facebook Accelerator program. I'm representing Muslim Mamas for 2021. And we're in partnership with Founders Intelligence and Global Giving. So Alhamdulillah, major strategic training providers who's going to help us achieve all the things we want to achieve with Muslim Mamas. After a three-stage interview process, I was selected to represent less than 1% of the selected leaders across the globe. So there's about 131 of us in total across nine regions worldwide. And we represent one out of 10 chosen from the UK. So Alhamdulillah, absolutely like an amazing opportunity for us. So do keep us in your du'as, inshallah. Mashallah. Nafisa, I'm so proud of you. I can't even believe that you had the courage to go forward with something like this and it's been amazing and the fact that you got it just shows how amazing you are and now inshallah yeah, right. the whole world will know <laughs> shut up you know you are no come on you, you know must what? know I you take are now no credit for this is it. like the stamp of approval no. this is like everybody i know how awesome i am now like facebook said it it means it has to be true no no seriously you know what i really really believe and feel that none of this is anything to do with me i'm just a vehicle but really allah has put me in this position given me this responsibility and you know nargis mashallah she obviously has also entrusted this kind of responsibility onto me when she asked me to be co-founder. And I just hope I can do it justice. And that's all I can pray for, inshallah. But yeah, so that's the reason why we've been AWOL. And I hope that justifies it. It totally does. I forgive you. Right. Let's get on with our show today because <laughs> it's going to be super exciting, super interesting. And I'm, I'm really excited about this one. Well, I don't know 
why you're so excited because and anyone talks about second wives in your presence, Nafisa, I see your face go red. You go red and you start shaking uh, no. and you just get so no. possessive over your husband. Like he's the best thing since sliced bread. And I'm he's like, really what's not. the problem? Like, what's the problem? <laughs> the problem is... Why not have a tear and share garlic yeah. bread? You know what I mean? No, no. You've got the green eye envy when you hear about second wives. And I've got the green eyed monster when I hear about second wives. Um, no offense to our beautiful Layla who we're going to be speaking to today. Of course, of course. Sorry, this is a serious topic. Yeah. So we're not actually joking no, about it no. um, at all. Not at all. <laughs> Just a little bit. Just got my knife ready. <laughs> knife, you can't go with a knife. Um, I'm, I'm you kidding. have to be more subtle. Okay. No, no, what, no. Do knife? something subtle. No, smother him in his sleep with a pillow and blame it on like COVID or something. Oh, no, no. He couldn't breathe. I, I, no? I'm the sadistic type. I will draw out the torture slowly. Oh, my God. The, the, okay, the remind me never to get on your wrong side. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, just a caveat here. Just in case our listeners are taking us super seriously and we get sued or something, we are absolutely joking and tongue in cheek humor, dark humor. So, um, I mean, we always said that we were going to discuss some pretty hot topics when we first launched um, Nampod, and we even talked about it in our first pilot episode, didn't we? Yeah. Well, can't get hotter than this polygamy. How would you feel about it if your husband got married again? Knives aside, uh, I don't think so. That's all I'm going to say. As halal as it is, <laughs> as permissible as it is, and I also will say it's also sunnah to be monogamous and I think people should just reflect on that I think men who use sunnah as an excuse to marry it's funny how they always jump to this particular sunnah and they neglect yeah. all the many other recommended practices that our prophet Muhammad peace be upon him did you know yeah. and um, they're straight away they want to gun for this particular one not to mention the hadith where Ali radiallahu anhu was told not to marry again whilst Fatima radiallahu anhu was alive as it would hurt her so much oh. that's the significant hadith that supports monogamy so I have issues issues with Mahabs having huris in the hereafter, let alone polygamy. And you would have heard about that in the pilot episode. So what about you, Taz? Oh my God, I have so many thoughts on the topic. But firstly, I mean, it's illegal in this country, right? Yeah. Yeah. But you can obviously go around the law by performing only the Islamic marriage. And that worries me massively because, you know, in the event that things go wrong and they could very easily go wrong in such a you know complicated situation, the second wife won't be protected by law at all. Yeah. So despite my own personal thoughts on it, to be completely honest, I do understand um, why it might appeal to some women. I've got a friend at the moment who is the same age as me. So she's, you know, coming up to four. 40, not that we like to talk about it yeah. and she's still single and she's had so many offers from married men oh, like people wow. colleagues and stuff like that it's not like she's out there flaunting herself you know just colleagues and whatever and she's an amazing beautiful girl and she's getting all these propositions by married men and it's come to a stage where she's actually started considering it because she's getting older and she wants children and she's thinking that there's nothing better out there for her so yeah so I can see why some people obviously that's not every situation and everybody's cases are different but I can see why it can appeal to certain people yeah you know I think our culture places such a massive emphasis on getting married at a particular age and unmarried women are seen as inferior or failures if they don't get married so I think that's also a reason why women feel so pressured into getting married and being a second wife or third wife or compromising on maybe their dreams of marriage and stuff like that what do you think yeah definitely I'm just so over the idea of marriage being something that indicates successful women yeah like I'm just over it completely and I feel really really sad for people who still feel that that's the case you can be absolutely successful and happy without getting married if the right person doesn't come along then they don't come along I don't feel like you should have to sacrifice everything just to get married I think 
because the grass ain't always green on Ifisa. Yeah, but I think also, you know, the hadith about being married fulfills half your deen. I think that yeah. also is a massive driver for a lot of women and men to feel that being married is the be all and the end all. And it's such a huge part of faith. And obviously, I'm sure that hadith is told in context with a lot of background context that we have to understand as well. But you know what? In my experience, I've got friends in their late 30s and 40s as well, and they wouldn't dream of marrying a man who's already married. And they still have these huge dreams about meeting their soulmate and living happily ever after. They're just waiting for that person. But when I was at uni, though, I did meet lots of practicing young girls who were really interested to marry their lecturers who were already what? married. Can you believe that? I'm not joking. No. These are, dare I say it, nubile young students. <laughs> <laughs> young adults you know, at okay. um, with these you know what? I can believe it can and you? I'm going to put it down to naivety and just being attracted to their sexy lecturers oh and kind of just wanting God, them no matter sexy. what the cost what are you saying but sometimes yeah but okay have, did you watch Money Heist no okay the professor okay right he's not hot but because he's so clever yeah right people just fancy him you can't help it because oh. he's just so so clever so sometimes people are attracted to men who with are knowledge. like knowledge or positions of authority and you know what I mean yeah. like people are weird like that so yeah, yeah I can okay. I can believe it yeah I mean we, we literally had that and I don't want to mention any names because they might be recognized just do it no I can't but uh, <laughs> there was a, a particular teacher and um, I remember him talking to these young girls about how he thinks every woman is like a different flavor can you believe this and he <gasps> said stuff like some people are attractive because they have orange hair some people are attractive because what? they have blonde hair and Muslim by the way so obviously it's very hard oh. for men to choose and I remember listening to this I can't thinking, believe that happened hell? that would not fly today yeah. a, a man if a lecturer even tried to say that he would get shot down he would be crucified that would be on social media 10 seconds later mm-hmm. it would become a TikTok yeah. go viral be on HuffPost and he'll be fired Yeah, I'd like to think that but obviously it's not that simple just to give some context the general Islamic ruling on polygamy is that it is permissible right but with conditions yeah And um, historically speaking, Islam, I think, was the first religion to cap the number of partners you could actually have, especially at that time where many religions allowed innumerable concubines. So it was actually a bit of a culture shock to them, probably, that it was capped to only four. It was, absolutely was. And I think at that time, Islam was thought to be strange. Alien. Yeah, but also for accuracy, the actual marrying of multiple wives is called polygyny. But for the sake of common understanding, we're just going to use the word polygamy instead. To give you some context in the Quran, the Quran says in Chapter 4, The Women, Surah Nisa, verse 3. If you fear that you shall not be able to deal justly with the orphans, marry women of your choice, two, three, or four. But if you fear that you shall not be able to deal justly with them, then only one, end quote. So, I was reading a Hanafi website, it's called islamqa.org Hanafi Darul Ifta, where some sister asked if it was allowed for this great scholar to approach her for marriage as a second wife. And she hasn't been married before. And the scholar who responded, Mufti Muhammad Ibn Adam from Leicester, UK, actually gave really sound advice. I'll drop the link in the show notes, but he said something to the effect that as Muslims, we either take it to two extremes. One extreme is where men act as if it's their God-given right and to hell with the 
consequences on the other extreme is where people completely outrightly reject it. He actually said scholars nowadays think men should avoid it unless it's a necessity and they should avoid it because of the impact it has on the wives and children long term. And I always believe that polygamy and other rulings that we might not understand fully is always a solution. And Islam is a way of life and it's for all time, right? So, you know, usually Islamic rules have socio-economic solutions. And I believe that polygamy was one of them, especially during the times of war um, when women mm-hmm. needed to be protected and the laws were different at that time and safety and all of those things. And not to mention that, you know, just in case a woman can't give birth or doesn't want to be a full-time wife to her husband, there are then avenues that the man can still remain married to the first wife and have his rights fulfilled by the second wife in a consensual way. You know, so anyway, yeah. that's, that's my opinion on it. I agree 100%. I mean, this is a ruling from what, over 1400 years ago, during a time where women did rely on men a lot more and they needed them for various reasons. And it was a time where men were allowed to have multiple partners that had no rights at all. And the ruling actually put conditions in place that gave these women rights. Yeah, I think it helped women like widows and divorcees who were essentially alone and needed that support. But let's face it, Nafisa, how many men today want second wives in order to help somebody? That's absolutely true. You could probably count the number of people who actually do marry for sunnah and not their own sexual desires, let's be blunt. What we have to just remember that Islam is a way of life and it will provide solutions for any potential problems. Say a man does get married again due to physical needs or medical needs or whatever it is, the rights of all the wives are protected and the man is held accountable for any injustices and that's what we have to remember at the forefront when we're thinking about polygamy or when we come across it. So um, that brings me to our guest today. We're going to be talking to Sister Layla, who after being divorced twice, decided to accept a proposal to become a second wife. Yep, wow. a second wife. This is a story we don't often get to hear as there's such a massive stigma around it. Welcome, Layla. Thanks so much for coming on the pod tonight. Assalamu alaikum. Thank you for having me. So Layla, let's go right to the beginning. How on earth did you come to become a second wife? I mean, how did you meet your husband? Well, it is a very long story. It was 20 years ago. What? Um, 20 years ago? Yeah, 20 years ago, I met my husband. Well, to be honest, he lives local. We didn't live far from each other, but I'd never seen him. And what happened was we moved house, me and my mum. So we went deeper into the community. We bought a new house and we moved there. I was travelling to and from work and he noticed my car. Um, And he kind of... (laughs) Was your car, not you? (laughs) Yeah, not my... Yeah, not my... Must have been a nice car. (laughs) Well, the thing is... (laughs) (laughs) I was driving to work in Manchester and obviously he was working there as well but I didn't have a clue who he was but he spotted my car outside my house so he knew I was somebody local Ah. and what he did was he left his phone number on my windscreen (laughs) and I've heard that quite a lot. Was (laughs) he married? Yes. He was married and doing this? He was married and he did that. Did you know he was married? No, because what I did was I hadn't spoken to him yet. There'd been no connection or anything like that. I'd spotted him and I looked at him and I thought, well, he's cute and carried on driving to work. But I'd see him at the same time every day. So I'm just going to rewind back a bit to another point that you mentioned. So you get Girl. numbers on your, what? what did you on say? a yes. regular basis, mate. Yeah. Like, is that a northern thing? <laughs> <laughs> it must be. It hey, must be. 
hey, I'm from Norway. But I feel offended <laughs> that's never happened to me, Fisa. I feel like I'm missing out. I'm trying to think right if now. it's ever happened to me. I'm going to have to really think long and hard. No, I just okay, got when junk I mail. In Dubai, <laughs> junk mail when and I... tuition leaflets. <laughs> <laughs> One in three people who have COVID-19 are asymptomatic and can spread it without knowing. What can you do to keep yourself and your loved ones safe? Open a window at home for 10 minutes every hour. Wear your mask in crowded places. Take a lateral flow test before meeting up with people. If your result is positive, self-isolate and take a PCR test. Wash your hands regularly. Get your booster vaccine at your nearest walking clinic. Find out more on nhs.uk forward slash COVID vaccination. So, yeah, he left his number on my windscreen. Um, I looked at it. I still don't know who it was. Mm -hmm. And I'm not used to calling random numbers. So I just screwed the paper up and just threw it in my car. And I thought, well, here's another joker. I'm not even going to entertain that. And thought nothing of it. And then when I drove back to work the next day and I saw him, he was like making signs as if like, I've left you my number, call me kind of thing. I still didn't put two and two together. I really Mm -hmm. didn't. And like I said, I'm not used to calling just random people. Mm I thought nothing of it. But then what I did was a couple of days later, I got the number and just out of curiosity, I did actually ring it. Did you ring it from your number? Did you do a private number? Tell no, the truth. no, I did it from my number. Oh, she's going to tell the truth. <laughs> I did it from my number. And he told... Well, anyway, you were single, so why shouldn't you? Yeah, exactly. Were um... you looking to get married then? Sorry to you. We're going to bombard you with questions now. This is just too interesting. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I'd been previously married... And this was seven years after my first marriage broke down. So yeah, I was single, divorcee, not looking for getting married or anything like that. I was just happy me being me, going to work, doing my own thing. I didn't wear a headscarf at the time. I looked mixed race, you know, and that was me. I'll be honest, totally honest, that was me. So what I did was I did ring this number and he told me straight away who he was. And what he did say straight away that he was married. I remember asking him what he was doing and he said, I'm playing with my children. Uh And I said, okay, does that mean you're married? And he goes, yes, I am. And I thought, well, this is, you know, this isn't for me. Mm -hmm. And kind of put the phone down, threw the piece of paper away. And how did he react to that afterwards? Well, afterwards, it was like, it kind of went quiet. There was no conversation contact at all and like I said I thought nothing of it but it was playing on his mind constantly um he ended up getting in touch because like I said I rang him from my own phone all right so obviously he had my number what do you think it was about you that kept him thinking about you the whole time apart from the obvious stuff you know what else do you think well obviously I mean I didn't know at the time Mm -hmm. but as things started to get serious I did ask him that question and he said to me it was love at first sight Mm mm-hmm he says I saw it do you believe him yes Layla can I ask something sorry so you went from talking to him and him telling you that he was married and then you locked him off how did he wear you down like what made you kind of consider it did he just keep chasing you well he did he chased me just like any other guy would regardless of them being married or single men are men plus he was a guy from the community I've lived here all my life and so you know what it's like everybody knows everybody yeah and that made me quite nervous and it made me feel a bit uncomfortable really because I thought well you know this isn't the right thing to do and it's not for me he was very persistent he was really persistent I think for me it was kind of like you know at times I thought you know this is getting a bit too much 
Did he tell you about his relationship with his first wife? Like why he was looking elsewhere? Well, yeah. And he didn't talk very highly of her. Just like her. He just didn't talk very highly of her. And that's the part that I didn't like. Yeah, I was going to say that would really put me off because I would feel like, you know, at the end of the day, she's your wife and there has to be an element of respect. You can say you're unhappy without being disrespectful. So I think you are right to feel that. Yeah. I mean, and I asked the question, if you're that unhappy, why have you got X number of children? Why are you still married? Why are you looking elsewhere? Do you know what I mean? It just didn't sit right with me. Um, but he, he said, I'm not happy and I don't love her. And, and I said, well, love's not everything. And, you know, we started having these kind of conversations. But he said he had an arranged marriage at a very young age. And he said, I was forced to get married. I didn't really have an option. So I've not really got married for myself. I've got married for the family. I said, well, at the end of the day, that's not my problem, is it really? That can't be pushed onto me, can it? That's for him to sort out. That doesn't mean having another wife is going to solve that problem. Yeah, I was going to say that reasoning is very common. I've heard it before many times with many other people, especially when they're taking on a second wife. They say the first one was arranged or it was forced or it was from back home or, you know, all those reasons. What made you believe him at that point where you thought, yeah, I do believe what he's saying, even if it's not my problem? There was a connection. It's difficult to explain, but there was a connection between me and him. So when we were talking, I felt this kind of a deep connection when we were chatting. I just kind of, in a way, I knew he was telling me the truth, but I was holding back because don't forget, I'd been divorced. You know, I'd been married. I'd been divorced. Was I going to trust another guy? Probably not. Why would I trust him? I didn't initially trust him. It took me a long time to build that trust up. But I just knew he was telling me the truth. It was just a, a feeling. Leila, was all of this 20 years ago? Yeah. So what happened between then and now? <laughs> You really want to know? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm scared now, but yeah, I still want to know. (laughs) Oh dear. Right. Well, things started to get quite serious. And we both knew that Islamically, we weren't doing the right thing. And for him, it was just that constant, I want to marry you, we'll get married. I want to marry you, we'll get married. But at the end of the day, you know, I thought, you're already married. You've got children. For me, the guilt, the fact that we were doing things that weren't Islamic were really affecting both of us. So he was very adamant that I'm getting married, I'm getting married. Yeah. But his wife knew as well. So that was an added pressure because he told her from the beginning. Oh, that changes things. That's why I trusted him because he wasn't doing anything behind her back. But at the end of the day, it wasn't acceptable either Islamically, if that makes sense. Okay, so was it a bit like you thought it's better to be a second wife and make the whole situation halal? Was it like that? No, I was absolutely, (laughs) I was absolutely terrified and I was so scared of hurting. I didn't even think of myself, but I was just so scared of hurting everybody else. I was so scared of hurting her, the children. And I thought, do you know what? He'll cope. We split up. He's going to cope. Mm-hmm. He's going to have to. I'll call. But so, um, can I ask, how many years later was that? That was three years. Okay. Okay. So I decided that this isn't, you know, it's not going to happen. It's too risky. 
I ended it because I thought, you know what, he's got too much to lose. But the fact that he told everybody that he was going to marry me as well. So it was no secret. Why do you think it took you three years to get to that point? Because three years is a very long time, especially if things were getting serious and you knew that whatever you were doing with him was not halal. So why did it take so long from his end and from your end? We were just so wrapped up in each other. Um, It was the emotion of it all. Yeah, it was emotional. Um, he said he obviously for him he said it was love at first sight. For me, it took a good three to four months before I even considered having a relationship. Mm-hmm. So that's why it, it kind of took that long, and we ended up separating because I just couldn't do it. I just couldn't carry on. So wasn't was it never an option for him to actually leave his first wife and then marry you? Oh, Did that I ever put, come into it? No, I put the cards on the table and I said to him, if you leave her for me, then I'm gone and you'll be left on your own. Okay. And that bit I was very clear about and I was very determined. And that I did believe in. And I thought if he leaves her for me, then it's just no option. He'll never have me. Because at the end of the day, what I didn't want is for his wife to be a divorcee just like I was and the trauma and the heartache that goes with that it's indescribable and I couldn't hurt her that way just for my selfishness and his selfishness. Leila didn't you feel like she was already being hurt for three years knowing that her husband was with another woman? Yeah yeah yeah. you know she was hurting all the time she kind of knew me because we're in the same community like I said everybody knows everybody Mm -hmm. so yeah of course she was hurting and that's the bit that really got to me you know and before I broke it off I spoke to her and I said to her look we can't carry on like this and this is what I'm going to do what did she say what was that meeting like let's rewind a bit so how did you get in touch with the wife and how did that go well she got in touch with me because she found my number off his phone okay and she contacted me obviously she was very upset um crying angry everything what did she you say? know everything that you'd ex- Facts, you know, and obviously that a lot of the blame went on me naturally because it's kind of like well men are like that anyway you should know better you're a woman Mm -hmm. and that was quite difficult as well because I was emotionally attached to him but yeah again obviously so was she and you know they were married you know they got children together Um, how long were they married Leila um, before you guys met I want to say 15 years. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. It's a lifetime. Um, was mm. she from back home? Or yes. was she from here? Okay. No, back home. Um, and that's the other thing that didn't... I so think... for her, being a divorcee would have been even worse yeah, than if she yeah. was from here, yeah. Culturally Absolutely. Speaking. And I think the other thing that hurt me was the fact that, yeah, women from here that are born here, that are British, will have their family around them, um, yeah. can stand on their own two feet. But I think a lot of women that are from back home get treated like dirt basically because when things don't go right they've got nobody to turn to yeah because all their they family can't go are, back yeah no, all their family and then there's the kind of the pride and the culture and the honor and they don't have anybody here to support them and those are the kind of conversations that I had with him as well you know we were very open and honest with each other um is he a lot older than you Leila he's one year younger oh he's a year younger <laughs> and he was married for 15 years when you guys met yes so yeah, he must have got married really young then. 
Eighty. So oh, wow. you know what? I'm I'm actually seeing a bigger picture here. I mean, I, I feel like yeah. you know it's easy to assume. Oh, he's a man. He's in the wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. There's all of those things. As a first wife, you're going to feel that. And I know she blamed you more than her husband, but obviously he has to share responsibility of that. Yeah. But I can kind of understand where he was coming from in the sense that if he was forced into a marriage that he didn't agree to, and then yeah. he didn't have that emotional, you know, romantic um, journey of marriage that he probably yeah. wanted and then when yeah. he saw you there was something about you that connected him to you I kind of understand all of that and maybe it was easier for him to continue to do that because you know you said she was from back home but she was living in the UK right she was here not abroad no 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 right. she, was here. she was here so I don't yeah. know I'm just saying I can kind of understand the journey of what he did and why he did it and the same for you mm. but I think it's just really hard as a first wife when she might think she has sacrificed her life also for him and she's come to the UK and she's and remember she didn't choose him either if it was arranged that she probably didn't have a choice either yeah absolutely so from her perspective it's easy to lash out especially at you because she's probably making excuses for her husband and his weakness and all of those things and let's face it the women always get blamed don't they yeah they do they do you know she said he was to blame as well but yeah I got the the, the brunt the of, book of yeah, yeah yeah whereas you were the one who was single yes yeah. yeah, and it was kind of like, why him? You yeah, know, lots of other men that. out there. Yeah, you know, yeah, why do you have yeah. to pick him? Why can't you oh, leave that's him so alone? Heartbreaking. That is so, that is really hard. Yeah, yeah. It must have been so hard. It, for well, me it well. was difficult, and I think for him, he always wanted to marry somebody from here. From you know England. what? Parents have so much to answer, answer for, yeah. for mm, don't you yeah. think? Yeah, they've ruined so many lives just by forcing yeah. their children to marry people. Yeah, we're both from the same community, but our upbringing are very very different I've always been allowed to have a choice I've been had a very liberal upbringing very supportive family I've made my own choices I've made my own mistakes but in some families it's not and it just felt really backwards mm-hmm. a part of me felt sorry for him because when I said to him well if that was the case you, you know if you had an arranged marriage and you weren't happy why didn't you leave why didn't you do something about it then mm-hmm. but it's not that easy even for men and when we go back kind of 20-30 years ago it was very different then very yeah. different yeah I agree people guys were sent to India the passports were taken off them and the next day they said right you're married this woman as simple as that not having any choice Mm. Um, whereas for me my upbringing was totally opposite I was allowed to choose you know who I wanted to marry it was never a case of being forced Mm -hmm. okay so you broke up with him you guys were together for three years you broke up with him after the phone call from his first wife was it yeah yeah yeah. after a couple of phone calls and a few other things that happened that I don't really want to go into Mm -hmm. because I don't think it will serve any purpose really for this call but yeah I ended up getting married again to somebody else so how did you meet that person and that was an arranged marriage I got introduced to him and we were very kind of you know he was very supportive we want the same thing and we kind of took our time but we got married within the 12 months and I moved from my hometown to another city and how long were you married for 
12 months. Okay. In 12 months, um, my second husband was very, very abusive, just like my first one. And it was the fact that my second husband said, well, you're going to have to stick it out because who's going to have you now? Oh, you know, gosh. you know, that kind of attitude. Yeah. Uh, me being me thought, you know what, you can have those thoughts, but this is my life. Mm-hmm. Um, whether yeah. I'm divorced, you know, the second time, it's irrelevant. You and can't... you know what? You could be like, mate, I have numbers on my windscreen every day. Yeah, so I could go find someone to and I thought that kind of attitude is not going to wash with me so it's just not going to work so I left Mm -hmm. 12 months later I left and then what happened and then I, I came back and I made no contact at all so just to make it very very clear when I split up with him there was absolutely no contact okay. whatsoever mm-hmm. so obviously I got married the second time um, no contact with him at all you know it was it was a clean break for us both obviously he how did you how did you things. stop him did you change your number and things like that it was very difficult I had to change my number because emotionally we were just so attached I had to be the stronger one put it that way obviously like I said my second marriage didn't work I came back and I started working again I thought I'm gonna have to start to build my life again but knowing in the back of my mind that he's still around Mm -hmm. because I'd obviously come back to my hometown yeah that Um, must have been so difficult it was really difficult because what I didn't want to do is fall back into that yeah I won't say trap but that situation Mm -hmm. yeah and I think after being divorced again I felt quite vulnerable yeah and I didn't want that to play a part on any of my decision making either Mm -hmm. you know I had to be really kind of careful and I really had to kind of take my time and heal Mm -hmm. from my second marriage before I would even say before looking for somebody else off even thinking of getting married again because at that point I thought you know what this is really it I'm never ever ever gonna get married again mm-hmm. I'm just not doing it yeah and I just left it at that so yeah kind of kept myself to myself and I just started to heal and just to work things out what I needed what I didn't need and just take my time and how long before you re-met your now husband oh trust me it didn't take long Um, (laughs) five minutes come on be honest it was about six months okay that's not too bad that's a respectable amount of time yeah it's about six months Um, so how did it happen obviously we didn't have each other's phone numbers I had no intention of contacting him Mm -hmm. because it was hard enough making that break in the first place knowing that he didn't want the break I didn't want the break but it was the right thing to do at the time yeah and I was going to work I didn't have a car or anything like that and lo and behold guess who I saw driving (laughs) in the same car from 15 years ago (laughs) no different did he just literally stop the car and jump out he literally stopped the car, jumped oh out, and I God. carried on. Yeah, I carried on walking. Um, and I said, Do you know what? Just leave me alone. You know, this is not going anywhere. We're not picking up where we left off. Nothing's going to happen. And what did he say? Um, Famous that? last words, I think. Yeah, yeah. But he just would not let go. Did he know that you got married again? Yes. Do you know how he reacted to that? Very badly. You do know? Yeah, very badly. You know, when you kind of think you've cut somebody's heart yeah. in two. Yeah. Um, I feel like I'm watching like a movie. Yeah, you know what? They're soulmates. Bloody hell. They're, they're soulmates. This, the way you describe <laughs> your connection. Um, 
I feel like you guys are yeah. soulmates. That was the scary part, really, because having been divorced once, it kind of put up a barrier. Yeah. And you say, I'm not letting down my guard again. I don't trust anybody. And why would I even trust a married man? Mm-hmm. Never mind a man. Yeah. Um, if he says something nice to me, I'm not going to believe him. You kind of think, God, I bet he says that to all women. Mm-hmm. I bet he just wants to get them in bed. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I wasn't letting my guard down. And that's why it took me a very long time to actually realize that, do you know what? This guy genuinely does love me mm. for who I am, for what I am. And it took me that long to even realize. And I just kept pushing it away. If he was single, we wouldn't be having this conversation yeah. at all. Yeah. But the fact that he was married, obviously, that was the biggest issue for me. So how did you two make it up then? How did you get together and get married? Well, we had a conversation and me being me, I'm very blunt and very honest. I said, look, I'm not going to be the bit on the side. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be the woman who you want to marry. I'm not going to come back into your life in that kind of relationship. It's just not going to happen. So he said, all right, there's only one thing then. I said, what's that? He said, we'll get married. Mm -hmm. And I said, right, okay. I said, you know, we need to figure this out if we're being serious about this we need to really figure this out think about it and plan it what I said to him was I don't want everybody to know Mm -hmm. and we have to keep it private why was that because people like to interfere people talk being divorced the second time I could walk down the road and women would cross the road oh you're joking if I was walking past one of like an an Indian grocery shop the women would be hiding behind the aubergines just in case it's contagious and sort of catch them and they're all divorced by the end of the day yeah like it's shocking yeah um really kind of and what I didn't want on top of that is to think oh look at her you know she's never mind she's had two husbands oh she's going to marry uh, somebody who's yeah. already married yeah you know what's she yeah. up to now so does no one know that you're a second wife then uh, everybody knows but nobody will say anything anymore okay yeah because we've been married for 12 years now so, so no. basically you hid it at the beginning but then obviously it came out after. well we hid it from everybody when I say everybody I mean including his first wife no okay apart I was just gonna say apart from her okay we hid like it. your mom and everything yeah yeah um we hid it because I just knew the kind of reaction that I was gonna get mm. he was a lot calmer this time round I think when I met my husband the first time before I got married to my second husband does that make sense yeah, yeah. um it was more kind of, he was like so excited yeah. and it was kind of some of it I thought, he's not really thinking this through. Mm-hmm. Some of it I thought was a bit immature. Yeah, You know, I was more of the mature one mm-hmm. and thinking, well, no, we need to think about this. We need to think about that. But for him, all he could see was me. Yeah. After obviously I got married the second time, I think he had time to kind of reflect and think as well. Mm-hmm. And obviously he was a lot older. So we kind of had a better conversation and a better understanding Mm -hmm. of what we want. And for him, he kept saying, I told you not to get married again. You should have married me. (laughs) I was going to ask you, actually, what changed? Why now? Like, why did you choose to go down the second marriage route with him now instead of those years ago when you first met him? Why wasn't it an option then? Because for me, when I split up with him, obviously I got married to my second husband thinking I've left all the past behind me and this is my future with my second husband and whatever's happened, happened and I'm moving forward. When I came back home and I saw him, everything just came back 
And it was like we'd never been away from each other. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't think that I'd love anybody yeah. again. And um, for him, the feelings were were still there, even though I'd got married to somebody else. It was like I still want you. Yeah. Um, even though you've been married, you know, the second time, I still want you. And it the feeling was mutual. So I thought, you know what, this isn't going to go away. So when you said that you had that serious talk, what did you talk about? Did you talk about like logistics of how you were going to do it? What was going to happen? How he was going to split his time, finances? Like, What did you guys talk about? Nah, we talked about how we both felt, what we wanted and what we were kind of going to do. What were the next steps? We're very clear on doing it obviously the islamic way so i didn't want to kind of start seeing him so i was very clear on that and i set my boundaries from there he did his dikara and so did i and i thought right i'm really going to have to kind of zone it all in and really kind of focus on what i want and like i said before i needed to make sure that I wasn't on the rebound yeah, and I just wanted some comfort and I was going back to somebody who I'm familiar with. I didn't want that. I didn't want that for him either. Mm-hmm. I clearly didn't want that for myself because like I said, I didn't want to be the other woman. Yeah. You know, I didn't want to be the bit on the side. I'm worth a lot more than that. And I thought, right, you know, if I'm going to do this, this has to be done properly. And that's what we did. We got married. Do you know what? Alhamdulillah, like you have the option Islamically to be the second wife and do it properly and ensure that your rights are fulfilled mm-hmm. but it's funny that when you said you didn't want to be the other woman or the bit on the side yeah. the way the society looks at second wives that they are the other woman because that's the woman that chose to come in to an existing marriage already and how do you feel about that for example in our community just generally speaking being the second wife is generally synonymous with oh the one who's a homeworker and that kind of term how do you feel about that Uh, connotation and secondly how did people around you react to you as the second wife once they started to find out well people would look at me in the streets as if like I was made of something different Mm -hmm. you know and they kind of look at me to think that what has she got why has he married her you know why would he want to be with her and they kind of look at me you kind of get sometimes you get like one of these sly smiles it was more the women the men didn't bother but I got like strange reactions from women if I went into say if I went into the mosque and there was like an event going on or something and I went in there it'd be like all eyes were on me everybody would turn around and kind of look at me but do you know what I thought I haven't done anything wrong you look at me once you're gonna look at me twice and then what Mm. you'll go and look at somebody else um Leila how did your mom react when she found out like how did you tell her terrible she didn't want to speak to me um first time I'd made her cry never made my mum cry I've always been my mum's rock we're best friends so to see her cry it was absolutely heartbreaking and I said you know what mum I'm gonna be okay I'm gonna be absolutely fine trust me I'm gonna be fine and did she accept it in the end yeah yeah it took her a few months don't get me wrong she didn't cut me off or anything like that but I could see the pain on her face and she was worried for me do you think she was worried because you were married twice before and things didn't work out or was she more worried because you're the second wife in this situation she she was more worried because I was the second yeah, wife yeah I thought so yeah and everything that comes with being a second wife mm-hmm. um you know, my mum said to me, um, after things have kind of calmed down for her, she said, don't you find it disgusting? 
Yeah, no, we're going to talk about that in a minute. <laughs> but it's funny that your mum was quite blunt. <laughs> Told you she was my best friend. Um, and I said to her, what do you mean, mum? What's disgusting? She said, you know what? <laughs> we're all thinking it. <laughs> no. So how do you cope with that, Leila? How do you cope with him coming to your bed after he's been in her bed? Sorry to put it like that. No, nope. do you know what? It's his wife, his first wife. It's not like he's going around sleeping with other women. I know exactly where he is and she knows where he is when he's not at home. So don't you get jealous? No, not at all. What about the first wife? Do you not think she gets jealous? Initially she did. How do you know? But she, she will do, won't she? It's impossible. But you just said you aren't jealous, so... I'm not jealous. Maybe because you've always shared him with her, isn't it? Mm, possibly. I think that's what it is. Possibly. So there's always been another woman in the relationship ever since you've known him. Yeah, possibly. I thought about this question myself and I thought, why don't I get jealous when he does X, Y and Z and it's not with me? For me, the only thing that answer that I can come up with, and you've made a very valid point that... I've always known him. Well, he's been married. I've never known him to be single. That could play a part in it. But I know he loves me so much. It just feels complete. Like you're completely secure in his love for you and that makes you really comfortable. I'm more secure than he is. Yeah. Um, and I think it's also because you know that you kind of made him stay in that marriage yes, as well. I encouraged him. I don't think you can make anybody. Yeah. You can't force anybody to do anything but at the end of the day I did encourage him to do the right thing in that sense yeah I mean you said to him if you leave her then I'm gone you know yeah and I meant it but did he ever consider to leave his first wife for you? No, but I still had to make it very clear, very okay. black and white. I couldn't live with the fact that, oh, you know, him coming to me and saying, oh, guess what? I've left her. Um, it's just you and me now. Mm. I just couldn't. And I didn't want to tell him at that point. I thought, you know what? I'll tell him before he even thinks about it. Mm. I don't think he would have done, but I wanted to make that very, very clear that that is never going to happen. I just feel so secure with yeah, him. I think so. I don't I don't feel jealous but then that comes down to boundaries and the conversations that he has here and he has over there you know so how do you keep things separate do you like not talk about what happens in the other house and vice versa like do you have any kind of rules in place oh yeah but I set the boundaries and now the first I remember in the first few weeks I said to him if you have a disagreement with her and you have an argument don't come running here yeah I said this is not a place where you come and you can just drop in and you think, oh, do you know what? I've had an argument with her. Mm-hmm. She's getting on my nerves today. You know, we've had an argument. I know. I'll go to the other house. Mm-hmm. And I said, that's that doesn't happen. Um, so I was very clear. And I set that boundary as well at the beginning because I had a feeling that would happen. Because when we got married, obviously, she is going to be emotional. Yeah. And she is going to say things to him. And they are going to argue, aren't they? And it is going to, it's that period. It's that transition period. And she has to adjust, he has to adjust, I have to adjust, the children have to adjust. So every little argument, he can't keep running to me and say, oh, do you know what? It's fine, I'll go to my other house. That doesn't help the situation. Mm. And that's not what it's about. You mentioned that he stays over twice a week. So in Islam, you're meant to be equal in time and equal in money in the wealth that you spend on your wives. So I know it's consensual and you agree to this twice a week. Yeah, is that correct? Mm. So if that's correct how do you feel about not seeing him five
five days of the week. Ah, this is how I see him. One in three people who have COVID-19 are asymptomatic and can spread it without knowing. What can you do to keep yourself and your loved ones safe? Open a window at home for 10 minutes every hour. Wear your mask in crowded places. Take a lateral flow test before meeting up with people. If your result is positive, self-isolate and take a PCR test. Wash your hands regularly. Get your booster vaccine at your nearest walking clinic. Find out more on nhs.uk forward slash COVID vaccination. So obviously he spends the night, okay. he, you know, he comes in the evening and yeah, he comes here twice a week, mm-hmm. but I still see him during the daytime. Okay. You know, he might pop in, we might go somewhere, you know what I mean? He might come and have dinner with us, we might come over and we'll, we'll watch a movie together. There's not a day go by that we don't speak to each other. So it's not like, oh gosh, these are the only two nights and the rest of the time mm-hmm. I'm on my own. I don't feel alone at all. In terms of his wife, have you ever hung out together with her as a family? No, no. We, he's kept us very, very separate. Initially, I think he was more kind of mixed together a little. I felt a little uneasy about that because obviously I was a period of transition as well. He never laid it down heavy, but he did make a few comments. But I think he quickly learned that his life would be easier <laughs> yeah. if he kept it separate. Um, can I ask about the kids how did his kids from his first marriage like react to it and do they have a relationship with um with your child no they don't obviously their reaction was very much kind of based on what they saw from their mum and I'd be exactly the same I think children kind of look at it the mum's being hurt yeah then it's all dad's fault isn't it and why did dad have to do that and does he need to um, you know all those kind of questions come in what's wrong with mum why does he want another why how does that even happen dad's no good that kind of thing but me and my husband have a really good relationship where he will talk about those kind of issues and we work through it and he talks to me and it's kind of like what do you think this is what's happened this is how such a body's reacted this is how my second child reacted and I said to him it's about you sitting down with them and actually telling them what's happened why it's happened telling them how much you love them um, how much you love their mum as well I said that has to come out you know you have to build that relationship and keep it strong and you're going to have to keep building building on it so slowly slowly they're fine with it they've accepted it they're not happy but they've accepted it but what we don't have a relationship though it's not gone as far as they speak to me or they speak to my daughter or anything like that it's very separate i'm just thinking how it must be quite difficult for your daughter as well knowing that she's got other siblings and she doesn't really know them or does she know the ins and outs of everything no she's at that age where she's kind of asking questions she's 11 now but initially when she was younger she was confused it was like well you know how does that even happen and why it's kind of like mum why did you do that why would you want to why did you marry dad what happened you know those kind of questions she didn't have a really like father-daughter relationship and there were some points where I thought gosh what have I done Mm -hmm. I thought okay I can handle it but I've got a child into this as well you know what kind of life is she gonna have and is she not gonna have the love from her father like she should do is she gonna miss out but as she's got older their relationship 
relationship has got a lot stronger as well because he used to get confused as well it was like well, why is she behaving like that so then I'd be kind of chatting to him then well this is probably the reason why and giving him some advice as to what might work and what might not work and they have a really good relationship now Alhamdulillah, that's really good to yeah. hear. But I do worry about the future, though. Like, were you going to say that as well, Nafisa? Like, how it might impact her relationships in the future or how she perceives marriage and stuff? Yeah, there's definitely that. But there's also the fact that I think nine out of 10 marriages that I know that have been polygamous, I know, and, and these are from personal stories I've heard from friends and family, extended family, the children have always been impacted and they've been impacted the most. And I'm not talking about just young children, I'm talking about older children children or young adults and then they've married and and the impact it's had on their relationships and the kind of men they end up choosing. It's just like a vicious cycle. And what I always hear from them is we would never choose this. It's not something we'd ever choose. It's not that happy family that sometimes you hear that, oh, you know, it's like one big family, lots of brothers and sisters. We have X many mums and it's like a village. You know, that rosy kind of image that some people portray, maybe one out of 10 would be like that. And nine out of the 10 times it wouldn't be like that. I know as adults we make these choices and we're humans we make them with heart and we make them with our own emotions that runs through everything but sometimes I just think children are children and they didn't ask for this and maybe the adults should wait it might be a very I don't know selfless thing to do but maybe adults should wait until the children are of a mature age um, where they're not impacted by the various dynamics and the unpredictability of the situation and can impact their mental health. You know what you just said about um, waiting until the children are older? Yeah. You can do that with the first marriage scenario, but the new child that comes mm. into the new marriage, that that's that, yeah. isn't it? That's not going, that's always going to be a small bit yeah. of a yeah. baby. And, and I think we also, like I was just talking about the first children, it's easy to neglect the children who already is in that situation and they don't have a choice either. But I think what I'm trying to say is, do you ever feel guilty somewhat that because of the choices that you've made in your life, other children and maybe even your own daughter might be impacted by it long term no, no not at all I think being into abusive marriages yeah where you'd class them as they weren't polygamous or anything like yeah. that they were what you inverted common normal, normal. marriages yeah. um, if I had children with any of those husbands I think then children would have been more affected than this kind of relationship we're in a loving nurturing environment she's not coming to any harm what she does and what she has said to me because she's a bit older now what she has said to me is that you know what mum you're such a strong independent woman I want to be like you when Mm. I'm older Mm, Um, I've been very clear with her that it's about making her own choices it's a choice Mm -hmm. whatever you do in life you do have a choice Sometimes we make the wrong choice. Sometimes we think that we're making the right choice. But it is about choice. You're right. When she was younger, I did think, what have I done? You know, for her sake, more than mine. But for her sake, I did think, what have I done? And how's she going to react? And as she gets older, what's going to happen? But I thought, you know what? I'm just going to leave it to Allah. Mm-hmm. There's nothing I can do now. I'm not going to overprotect her. All I can do is be completely honest with her. If she's got any questions, you know, she can ask. And we have a really, really good relationship. And from a lot of the things that you're saying, I feel like communication is probably the key to the success of, of this yeah, marriage, yeah. right? 
Yeah, I mean, she's asked me about my first marriage, you know, my second marriage. She's asked me what the husbands were like, why I left. She said to me, why did you marry dad then? How did that happen? I'm not going into too much detail, but I've told her the truth. I've not lied to her about anything. We respect each other for that. Um, If for her, when she grows up, and if she said to me, oh, you know, I've met somebody and mummy's married, I'd probably say don't do it. Mm Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Because of the heartache, you have to be a certain kind of person to be in this kind of relationship. It's not for everyone. Yeah. It isn't for everyone. A lot of women say, do you know what? I couldn't do that. And I believe them hand on heart. Even if it says in Islam that, yeah, you know, you're allowed to and a, a man can have four wives and, you know, it's not for everybody. Just like not every man would be able to live with two women. Yeah. It's not for everyone. I'll be honest, some men can't even keep one woman, never mind yeah. two. And not some, most. So many people. Most. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it, it's, it's not for everybody. It really isn't. I think for me, for my personality and my temperament yeah. and my understanding, you have to have a lot of patience. Yeah, I was going to say that. You sound to me, your daughter was right. You are a strong, independent woman and you have a lot of patience. And the reason why I think for you in your individual circumstance that it's worked out, you know, where you're not concerned about your daughter now today is because of the security that you have, that loving environment, because you know your husband and yourself have a healthy relationship. You've kept yourself at mature and safe distance from the first wife because you know that it's not going to be conducive to her mental health and yours. And you've been mature enough to create those boundaries and respect each other that way. So I think that's probably why it's worked for you. She sees us in a loving environment. And don't get me wrong, you know, we have our disagreements, just like any other couple. But she's seen us work through those disagreements as well. You know, she feels that we're in a loving environment. Leila, I mean, everything, to be honest, sounds pretty great. But there must be like something that's been difficult because of the situation that you're in. So what has been the greatest struggle of being in a polygamous marriage for you? I think the struggle was the initial kind of struggle of the transition. Those, the first few years were were difficult. So what made it difficult? Everything. It was the environment. It was the external. It was people saying things to him. The judgment, you know, people saying that I was after his money. I was a home wrecker and all those nasty things that women like to say. That's what made it difficult. But it wasn't difficult between me and him. Mm -hmm. We've always had that understanding and that love. Do you know what? Hand on heart, I can't think of anything where I think it's difficult. Sometimes I have felt, when we go back to talking about being jealous, yeah. I've had a couple of kind of feelings of, not jealousy, but kind of slightly envious mm-hmm. of some situations, but nothing where it lingers or I think about it the next day. Yeah. Um, what kind of things made of, you feel that way? Well, when he went on holiday with mm-hmm. them, you know, I knew I wasn't going to see him for a week. I knew, do you know yeah, what I mean? There's family. not going to be that connection, yeah. you know, holiday time, happy times. 
you know, and there's me going to work and still doing the same thing. Mm. But I never said to him, when are we going then? If you're going, when are we going? I never put that pressure on him because I always want him to be with me because he wants to be with me. So has he taken you on holiday? You know what? I would yeah, be to be like say, that. I was going to say, you've got to be sorry. equal in time and money. So <laughs> <laughs> the way I look at it is, you know, I'm being really dogmatic about this. No, but my time will come. Not everything's like a written contract, is it? And I've never lived like that. He loves me for who I am. I love him for who he is. Yes, there's kind of a lot of things that he'll do equally. If he buys things at home, he'll buy the exact same here and I get the same, Mm -hmm. you know, as she does. There's things like that, but... If they went on holiday, I wouldn't be saying, right, when are we going? That'll be the but first thing. Yeah, I'll be like, say. right. <laughs> Actually, I don't want to say anything at this point. <laughs> but you, I'll tell you what I would find really difficult. Okay, so I'm imagining myself in your situation, right? I think what I would find really hard is after the birth of my child, oh, yeah. Yeah. having him only staying over for two nights and then me doing the majority parenting. of the raising yeah. this child and the parenting and the nights and you've just had a baby and you've might have had like a really difficult labour and all of this stuff and then he's pissing off to some next woman's house that'll kill me (laughs) yeah I think initially that's why I found it difficult and when I said the transition that's probably why but on the flip side having a child was a bit of a distraction as well I didn't get time to think of the other things that may have made me jealous or may have me wanting more Mm -hmm. at the time I just felt blessed to have had a child and yeah you're Mm. right there's been there were some times in the early years where I thought oh I wish he was here I feel like a single parent yeah Yeah, you're right you know I did get those kind of initial feelings but they soon passed I think you're just a much better person than I I am I had it very kind of worked out in my mind that I carried on going to work um, we had that mutual agreement. It was fine. It worked. I didn't have time to think of being jealous or I haven't got this and I haven't got that. I focused on what I had because don't forget, I'd been through such a rough time yeah. Yeah. that anything yeah. that I had, I felt was a blessing for my life. Do you think that because you had such a rough time with your first two marriages, you know, monogamous marriages that are meant to fulfill that dream and it was a nightmare? So do you think that was the reason? why or that is the reason why you're willing to share this loving husband of yours and you're willing to put up with a lot more than maybe other women would I wouldn't say put up I think it's kind of accepting but yeah you're right if I hadn't been through what I had then I wouldn't be the person that I am so I wouldn't have the resilience I wouldn't have as much patience I've always been a patient person but I wouldn't have this much I'm very understanding and I always have been like I'll see why he's crazy he's probably thinking oh my god I've got my cake (laughs) and I'm eating it too I won't assume it's a man's dream, but you know, you have this lady no. who's willing to share you, who's willing to do so much. And, and who doesn't nag you Yeah, for doesn't anything. want you for anything else other than what you're willing to give. <laughs> yeah. And don't get me wrong, I'm not a pushover. Uh-huh. He doesn't take advantage of that because if he did, I'd be having a different conversation with him. For him, because we just love each other so oh, much and because he, he is my best friend and he says to me, do you know what, you're my best friend. I couldn't imagine my life without you. And he's always said that from day one. And because we've got that understanding, it works. 
works. And I think the I maturity helps yeah, as well, maybe. And I don't constantly ring him when he's not here. What are you doing? Where are you? Do you know, he's got his space and his freedom. And then so have you, really, so, when so he's so not around, I. right? He doesn't, yeah. he doesn't question me, but we still know what we're both doing when we're not with each other. Does that make yeah, sense? Taz, you're sounding a bit envious now. I think uh, <laughs> Layla's convinced you to move over to the other side. I think it's a bit too Is late it? for me, actually, <laughs> But looking back, I'm thinking, you know, a part-time deal sounds pretty good. You don't have someone around 24-7 on at you, you know? Exactly. Have a bit of your own space, bit of to do yeah. whatever you want to do. Yeah. Rolls up twice a week. If you don't fancy cooking one night, it's absolutely fine. Why can't you do that with a normal <laughs> that's monogamous why, you know marriage? What, though? This is why Layla is such an amazing wife, because you only have to be a wife two days of the week. So it's easy to be yeah, like I'm your not best cooking self. every single day. I'm okay with it. Alhamdulillah. <laughs> My husband's okay with it. So that's the practical side of it. But when you think about it, obviously, I mean, I'm married and I feel married even when I'm not physically with him. Now, if I didn't and I just thought, right, he comes over twice a week, I feel married those two days nights whatever you want to call them and if I felt single the other days then this wouldn't work because being single and being married is two different mindsets yeah so you're saying that because he's connected with you the other five days you still feel very much you're in the marriage yeah it's like having a husband who maybe like works somewhere else for the but week. You know what? Comes, it's Taz, like that. what I don't understand is what about the first wife? I know he's staying there for five days of the week. But if during yeah. the daytime of those five days, he's with you in and out and then, you know, spending that time being connected with you. How does he get the time to manage his first wife and her connections with him? Well, he's very busy. You're going to have to ask him that, isn't he? He's it? not here. So I'm asking <laughs> Layla because she's going to have all the answers, right? <laughs> well, <laughs> he's really busy with his work so when he comes over it may be half an hour it may be an hour so and she weeks, probably doesn't it, even know the first wife so no she doesn't because no. they don't talk he, about what each other right, is doing okay. at the other no. time right so no yeah. and he doesn't come here and tell me about her and he doesn't go there but she knows that if he's like not home from somewhere for a couple of hours she knows that he's here mm. So she's got used to it. It doesn't bother yeah. her. Well, it might bother her, but we won't know that. Well, if it bothered her, she'd constantly ring him. Oh, I see. Get home now, you know, and they'd be like, you know, they start arguing. Well, maybe she's just resigned to it. She's accepted it. But she said to him, at least I know where you are. Because there's a lot of men out there. A lot of women don't know where the husbands are. But you know what? I find that excuse really, I yeah, really I don't accept that at all. You know, this mentality of, you know, men are like this. This is what they're just like and men will always be men or that phrase we don't know where the men are at least we know where they are yeah. no that doesn't wash with me why shouldn't we know where the men are and why shouldn't men know where the women are it's pretty similar and I wouldn't measure up to that standard at all and I don't think it's acceptable to view men that way they're not animals they're in control of the emotions Allah has made them yes. accountable True. and um, yeah. yeah so and I'm assuming your husband's not like that either because it's yeah. just been you isn't it it's yeah. not been anyone else. No, it's never been years. anyone else. So, yeah. Do you feel like you can trust him? Though, that knowing, yeah. You know what? Knowing what he did Mar- while he was married <laughs> was before, sticking his number on Next Girl's windscreen while he was married, right? yeah. following her around while he was married. Like, you know all of this, yes. right? Yeah, I do. Like, do you ever wonder, like, never. how many windscreens were there? No, you know? never. Never. Have you ever asked never. him? Oh, yeah, we have these conversations. I even say to him, oh, you're not thinking of getting a third one. Third one? these. <laughs> 
you know, and he said, oh God, you're more than enough. Um, You know, we have these kind of playful conversations. We laugh about it. Yeah, of course I've asked him. I bet you went in search. I bet you. He goes, yes, said to me, look, there's thousands of beautiful women out there. What would have stopped me? Mm -hmm. But he said, I just didn't want to. There was nothing that made me feel attracted to them. He goes, and if I did, all I'd do is sleep with them. I wouldn't want to marry them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we have those kind of conversations. I mean, come on, we're best friends. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. You know what? It sounds like you've got a beautiful relationship and may Allah always bless it, protect it. Amen. And increase it, inshallah. That's why I don't talk about it. That bit does scare me because a lot of people think, oh, you know, they're just waiting. Yeah, or it's Till it kind of, yeah. And I've lost a lot of my friends due to getting married to him as well. Um, Why is that? Because some of them were married and they thought, oh, God, you know, what's she up to? Yeah, Yeah. so annoying. (laughs) Yeah, and then they thought, well, she can't come to our house because what if she goes after our house? So ridiculous. You know, that kind of thing. Um, I had a question actually about that not about something similar do you guys go to like social situations together like do you go to weddings do you go to people's houses like how do people react in that you never ever it's just your own thing it's strange because even though everybody knows that we're married there's only a probably handful of people that will ask me how's your husband but apart from that nobody mentions his name it's like he's invisible that's really sad that is sad and isolating as well you know because at the end of the day he didn't do any well other than before you were married I'm talking about since you got married it's not haram he's made something haram halal right so in that respect I think there's a time and a place and I know that people can get judgmental especially if they know the first wife and they know the pain that the first wife has been through I can understand that but after a while people do tend to move on they accept it and they think you know what it is what it is and let's just you know accept it but but Nafisa you never hear of the second wife being invited to really stuff, sad. do you? Have you ever met the second wife when you've heard this man's got married to someone who's no, got two wives? No, you never meet no, the second no. wife. No. And do you know what? Yeah. I've been also judgmental. When I've known somebody like the first wife and I feel sorry for the first wife, I felt more judgmental towards the husband, not the second wife, because mm. I always feel like yeah. there's always a second side to a story. Yeah. Um, and the one person who's responsible for both stories is the man because he's the yes. one in the middle and he's the one who makes those decisions yeah. that impact these lives and that's how I look at it but I find it Mm. quite sad that you and your husband are treated this way from the community I think it's gone on long enough you've got a child together and it's been 12 it's years ridiculous. For God's you talked about that transition period that you've all had I understand that we can give that to the community give them transition period to get used to the idea yes. because they may have had personal yeah. connections with the first wife and the family and xyz I don't know how you stay yeah, in that I kind wouldn't. of community I just find it really unfair and at the end of the day it will impact your daughter as well as she's growing up you know how is that fair yeah, but then again the community don't have much to you know there's not much value I know where you're coming yeah. from I got a lot of respect from the community from my mum from my side of the family but you're right in terms of being married and being a second wife that is not accepted 
you know, people don't see you as being married. They don't accept it. Like I said, that's what I mean. Nobody talks about it. Nobody will ask about your husband. It's uh, like a taboo, isn't it? It is a taboo. They kind of accept it because they talk to you and they'll kind of say salam and, you know, that kind of thing. But, but they don't acknowledge you. They don't acknowledge you. They talk to you like yeah. you're a single parent. Mm. It's like you're all on your own. Do you ever feel like just moving away somewhere where no one knows you? No, because you know what? I don't care. I don't really care. It really off. doesn't bother me, but I've never been bothered what people think, mm-hmm. even when I was younger, because I just think that's their opinion. This is my life. And to be honest, the less people that kind of chit-chat, the less interference. Yeah, it's so um, yeah, yeah. You get asked a million and one questions, and they ask you the most stupidest questions, you know, because they think you're not human. So what did they ask you? What's the most stupid question you've ever been asked? You know, it's like I'm made out of something else. You know, I am human. I'm a woman. All I am is a second wife. You know, I'm nothing special. So you're a second wife that doesn't get jealous. That's pretty special. I think you do get jealous, (laughs) but in a different way. You're not jealous in that vindictive way. Yeah, I think it's more... If my husband says something about his first wife accidentally, I always stick up for her. And I always say, look, you know, that's not very nice. And he soon shuts up. He he sometimes does it, Mm -hmm. very occasionally. It's more the intimacy, more than anything, you know, just knowing that, you know, if my husband came to me and I knew that he had just been with someone else. (laughs) You said that, my I'm sorry. But I think I find it really hard but, to but get over that. The thing is, you wouldn't know, though. I, I you wouldn't so know if he's just been with someone saying? else. They could have done it like last I week. Care. The fact that, you know, you know what, I'm going to be really blunt here, but please don't take any personal offence. It is literally just my own thoughts, with, especially with regards to my own husband. I shouldn't speak too soon. May Allah never test me this way. I've asked Allah oh. not to test me with this. But, um, oh. you know, I just can't imagine. You know what? That's not my problem. My problem is the emotional Emotional and physical tasks. Come on. Anymore. Let's be honest. I don't know if I'd be bothered about the physical one as much. Honestly, I don't think I'd care as much. I think the emotional thing and the time, that's what will kill me. The time, the wealth doesn't bother me. Not time with me. You know what it is? It's the time for my children. I would get pissed off that the time that he should be spending with my kids, spending it with someone else's kids. Yeah, Yeah. I think stuff like that would really, really bother me. I think what's different about us, like we're very active on social media. I don't know about you, Leila, but post everything on Instagram on my stories. Oh, really? Okay. So if he was posting on his stories and he's posting stuff and I know that he's doing stuff with his other family that will drive me crazy yeah but he's not on Facebook thank god for that <laughs> he doesn't like social media I think that's that's definitely helped your oh. relationship 100% there's a lot of things that we're chopping cheese and it works perfectly but there's a lot of things where we're just in tune and very 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 connected with each yeah, other yeah I think it's that connection that gets you through it yeah 100% it's that connection it's that love and you know what but yeah we got married and we think we've done the right thing but we don't know do no, we? You have. we won't know well you until... did it's the horror yeah but we won't know until we've died we won't know until the afterlife that's really scary whether we have done yeah. right or wrong we think we have I feel, I feel like, like you have, have. I, feel like I don't feel like you're going to yeah. get a big shock <laughs> and a judgment what? not about this stuff I don't know about the old yeah, day stuff yeah. that either. but I'm not about this stuff <laughs> but you know what I love him so much that the fact that you know when we talk about oh everything should be equal it's very difficult in this day and age 
to have everything equal. And I always pray to Allah that whatever happens, don't punish him. If something's not been right or there's been any shortfall, I wouldn't want him to get punished because he wasn't able to fulfill an obligation. I would never hold that against him. I do believe that Allah is merciful enough not to hold you responsible for something that you can't do, right? So it's literally about the intention. Because, you know, no man, can love his two women equally no, and no, even in the Quran it's it says impossible. that you, it's impossible for you to be equal in emotion in the matters of the heart you can in time and wealth but you can't in emotion right so for those kind of things you won't be held accountable but he will be held accountable for things that are apparent the things that it's obvious to see and whether his wife says no no you don't need to do that for me even though you've done that for her you don't need to he should make an effort to make sure that he does do it whether his wife wants him to or not just so that he's done his bit and then it's up to the wives how they feel about that but yeah but that's in any yeah exactly whether it's polygamous or not I'll be honest that is the one thing that really annoys me when people know that I'm a second wife all of a sudden it's kind of like well you your husband should be doing this for you and if you're working then all that money should be yours and they read you the right act and you think you know what would you say this to somebody who was just married? 100% no they no, wouldn't of course you would and what happens is when you get married, and I don't mean yeah. as a second wife, yeah, the woman will work if she wants to work. And you know what? If she wants to contribute towards the bills and the mortgage, that's what women do. Yeah, that's different when it's it's your choice, right? That's not something yeah, the husband but, is asking yeah, you to but, do. No, but it's no different when you're a second wife. I think that with the second wife, the reason why people might emphasize it a little bit more is because Allah has placed that responsibility, the punishment of someone who's not equal in time and wealth towards the multiple wives is leaning halfway, right? All the way to hellfire. I think that's the punishment that's been described. Something like that, to that effect. Yeah. So it's severe. And with the monogamous marriage, it's severe too, but not to the degree that Allah has warned the men who take on more than one wife. And that's why it says, if you can't be, then you must marry the one. And with the one, I'm 100%, I will hand on my heart, I'll be honest with you. You know, most of the marriages we deal with are monogamous, you know, polygamous, not so much. (laughs) But the monogamous marriages, we do hold the men absolutely accountable. And we do read them the right act, probably more so than I think the polygamous marriages, especially the men who abuse it. And there are a lot of abuse, so much, especially with revert sisters. I mean, I could go on all day and feel really sensitive and bitter about it because I know lots of revert sisters, vulnerable sisters who have been taken complete advantage of, abused, oppressed, just because they don't have as much Islamic knowledge as maybe the born Muslims. We decided to start with the second wife with this particular launch of this episode, mainly because we felt that (laughs) people don't normally hear from the second wife and the second wife is marginalized. And what I liked about your story was that as a second wife, you are here, you're resilient and you're happy. This is a choice you've made and it's a positive story. We don't normally hear positive stories and I felt that yeah, it's important, right? So, but with the second part of the polygamy episode, we're going to speak to a sister who was the first wife and her husband wanted to get married again. I won't say any more. I don't want to give it away, but we will hear from the first wife and we will hear the challenges that a first wife goes through yes. and the reality of it yeah. and all of that, yeah. inshallah. I mean, you're absolutely right. You know, there's a lot of men out there and I'm not going to tie them over the same brush, but it's kind of, they think it's their right 
and they do take advantage of women and that's what gives polygamy a bad name as well and that's why it's like you know one of your questions was don't you think your husband has done all this before do you trust him and that goes back to kind of yeah there are a lot of men out there who do take advantage of women I've been taken advantage of twice you know in both my marriages because it, it is refreshing to hear such a positive <coughs> yeah, story. Yeah. And it sounds really healthy yeah, as well. Yeah, it does. Yeah, I mean... And I think that's largely yeah, because Yeah, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> not because... discredit to your poor husband who's not here to defend himself <laughs> but really um i just feel like it's you um leila yes yeah. i mean we've grown a lot together but yeah i think i was probably more mature when we got married as well mm-hmm. i was more kind of in tune with right this is what's right and, you know starting setting those boundaries where he looked slightly lost mm-hmm. so i'm the one that kind of set the boundaries yeah i feel like i'm the more kind of the stable mature one because you know we've had conversations where i've said do you know what i should be the one who's in Insecure, not you mm-hmm. um and there's times where he feels insecure thinking well i'm on my own most of the time what if do you know what well, I, mean? I think it's healthy for him to yeah, be worried so. a little bit <laughs> and do you yeah, know it keeps what? his head in the game yeah, you know yeah and i thought do you know what there's nothing wrong with that so i like i kept him on his toes yeah kept him on his toes <laughs> but i kind of said to him do you know what who's the man here who's the woman i should be feeling what you're feeling but yeah we kind of laugh about it but we've really kind of settled and i couldn't imagine my life without him you know and i couldn't imagine my life any different and do you know what people will talk people love to talk they always have whether you're single whether you're married whether you're a second wife people are people aren't they yeah alhamdulillah um but at the end of the day we know what happens behind closed doors and so does allah and that's what matters alhamdulillah you know what thank you so much Leila, for this invaluable <laughs> conversation truly your story <laughs> has been so insightful and enlightening and oh. main thing is it's so positive i really love that about your story and anyone who knows me and if you ever listen back to my pilot episode you will hear very clearly how I feel about huris and polygamy right I won't give too much away I'll let you listen to it pilot episode one where many moons ago when Taz and I were very young and naive we made these assumptions and statements about what we wanted to talk about Uh, it's not not we you did yeah you did I was like Nafisa you're too old for this why do you even care what your husband's gonna do in Jannah like get to their but you know what i was exactly the same i mean i didn't wake up one morning i thought you know what i'm gonna marry somebody who's already married you know i used to think oh that's disgusting why would somebody want to do that yeah you know i was exactly the same until you met your soulmate until i met my soulmate yeah i know if it was somebody i feel like i'm gonna turn this into a book you know that i feel like you guys should be in a movie taz you write about her you're the writer here you know taz name i think i will you know we live our movie all right now where's the bucket (laughs) okay a bit too saccharine for me (laughs) at this time (laughs) and i'm on keto and that's saying something (laughs) well leila thank you so much for speaking so candidly with us i mean polygamy often has such a shroud of mystery around it so we do appreciate you sharing your own story and experience with us and hopefully you'll help other women out there who might be thinking about being a second wife you know inshallah but it's not walking the park and i'll say 
say it again, it's not for everyone. One of the things I wanted to end this uh, conversation with is this episode and this particular topic that we're covering, we're not covering it to feed into the already negative portrayal of polygamy, but rather we wanted to hear the other side of it. Like I said, you know, nobody really hears from the second wives as much, or, or if they do, they just hear negativity all the time. And second wives are always the first to be labeled as home workers or the instigators. So if your listeners, I'm speaking to you, if you're ever thinking about becoming a second wife, think about the long term impact that it will have on your family, on the existing family and the wives and just generally whether you have the patience for what it takes yeah. to be a second wife. Just, you know, really think long and hard. Just listen to um, Layla's story because she's inspirational. And if you feel like you can identify with her, maybe you can make it work. Who knows? Well, everyone, stay tuned for our next episode where we'll be talking to wife number one and the challenges she faced when her husband decided he wanted to take another really wife. Really looking forward to that one. Stay tuned, everyone. And thank you so much for sticking with us this long. We've been able for so long, but inshallah, we are back now and hopefully the episodes will become our monthly releases as per normal. Assalamualaikum, everyone. Jazakallah, Leila. Thanks, Taz. Okay. Speak to you soon. One in three people who have COVID-19 are asymptomatic and can spread it without knowing. What can you do to keep yourself and your loved ones safe? Open a window at home for 10 minutes every hour. Wear your mask in crowded places. Take a lateral flow test before meeting up with people. If your result is positive, self-isolate and take a PCR test. Wash your hands regularly. Get your booster vaccine at your nearest walking clinic. Find out more on nhs.uk forward slash COVID vaccination. You've been listening to Nafisa and Tasneem. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed our show. Don't forget to subscribe, share and review. Follow us on Insta and Facebook at NotAnotherMumPod as well as on Twitter, mum underscore pod. You can also listen to all our pods on www.notanothermumpod.com as well as on all your favourite podcast platforms. Should we go to bed now? (coughs) Really? I can't cuddle you. I can't fit in your bed. Yes, be awake forever. Good night, children. Say Allahumma. Allahumma. Bismika. Amutu. Wahia. Allahumma. Bismika. Amutu. Wahia.